0: Hello and welcome to another edition of Hardin' to Paint with David Grubb. Today, Trevor Ritchie, host of the Get Rich Podcast and member of the HITP family, gives his picks for some of the biggest college and pro football games of the weekend. Uh, Big weekend in the SEC. Of course, another phenomenal weekend of games scheduled for the NFL. So we go to the man himself and get his picks. We break down the matchups and tell you. Where you should put your money. Again, Trevor Ritchie, the Get Rich Podcast, next on Harden to Paint.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take you all the way down in New Orleans this time. Competition is on. Competition is on. Competition is
0: on. My man, you still keeping that Jets stuff above your head.
1: Let's go. Hey,
0: Look, by, the way, feel- by the way, by the way,
1: by the way. We're just gonna we're gonna pour one out real quick. For, for who? Since, we're, since we since uh, we we got through that awful week, that, that first show worth the pics. Sorry, I'm trying to be careful. Yeah, yeah, we were. Uh, awesome. You know, there there was just the preface. Only thing that was in this cup before the the champagne went in there was orange juice, just a splash. But so, what are you
0: making a mimosa? Basically, okay. So, red cup mimosas. Yep, that's how we do it, brother. <laughs> you you take it. You, you're making it high class. You you the, now I have to get you, know you how on You know where we the, live, but the colors are something today. You got the Jets green and white. You got the burgundy, and you got the Sh- gold. Shout out to
1: Enola we trust. The Enola we trust hat. Yep, little so, Loyola Ramblers hoodie. So yeah, you know, and, then, and then some fine wear. Yes, yeah, you, uh, you have everything you need to
0: get into these picks and hopefully give folks some money this week. That's what we're trying to do. That's what we're in the business of is getting people some money. Am I right?
1: Yeah, man. I I guess uh, as far as order, since now we know based off the first show, you're steering the boat now, um, which I love. Um, Let's do the Thursday Night Football play first, though, then college, then the rest of the NFL, if that's cool with you. Chronological.
0: We'll do it chronological. All right. So –
1: Tomorrow's Thursday night game, which we
0: all hate. Again, we hate Thursday night. They always put crappy games, and the games are usually crappy in and the of themselves. Two teams, two crappy teams playing crappy football. And this week, <laughs> we don't get much of a reprieve from that. With Jacksonville taking on Miami, Miami has no wins. Jacksonville, um, you, you don't really know what they are. Gardner Minshew playing probably above what what people expected coming into this season they are missing dj chark who's been ruled out for the game uh their best receiver um but they've been resilient at the very least the game is uh right now jacksonville's giving three to miami what do you like about this one
1: yeah i mean you're looking at a miami team that they what they scored 11 points week one Um, They let Cam Newton throw for over 150 yards. He runs for 75 and two touchdowns. Then they move on, they play the Bills. Um, They do a little bit better offensively, but they give up, you know, 400 yards and four touchdowns to Josh Allen. I don't know how you trust them at all here to keep a game within three or win this game. Um, With Gardner Minshew, the Mississippi mustache playing the way that he's been playing lately. I mean, he's good for over 250 yards a game. Eight yards per attempt. They're two and zero against the spread. Um, so unless Burt Reynolds pulls Brucey off the bench, <laughs> I, I don't. See, I don't see how you go with anything other than Jacksonville minus three in this game. Fitzpatrick has not given any. Hey, and I love Fitzpatrick. I think he has the most touchdowns thrown in any season for the New York Jets. So love the guy, but not be- put my money on. Him. He has more than Kenny O'Brien. I don't know who had the record. He threw thirty-six.
0: I thought Kenny O'Brien had the most because, or is it Vinny? Was Vinny with the
1: one? With it the was most? Vinny before. Okay, okay. All right. I think Vinny had some you know, just over thirty or right around thirty something. Um, but I believe because I remember came that you, the year that did Ken did
0: O'Brien, like six one year. Yeah, because Ken O'Brien was uh, NFL. I mean, uh, AFC Offensive Player of the Year one year, and that was that was wild. That's before your time. <laughs> Uh, so we're giving it to Jacksonville. I don't. I, I, yeah, I, I think they win easy. Not you know. I don't think they route. It's not like going to be a twenty no. point game. But Jacksonville's going to be comfortable in this one. In maybe my a,
1: maybe a twenty four to ten game, something like right. that.
0: Yeah, what I'm looking at. Yeah, I could see that because I, I just don't think Miami can move the ball well enough. And if you give Jacksonville a few short fields, they'll do all right. They'll do. Right. They'll do all right. Get enough points. Okay, we move on to college. Mississippi State hosting Florida. Florida is my Ole miss. was I mean excuse me yes old miss post at Florida. I, mean, I uh, thought you were ready you're
1: ready to get into that Mississippi State. Yes,
0: cuz that one is the one that I really want to talk about. <laughs> but um Florida was my before all this went down, I thought Florida was the favorite to me in the SEC East. Um I thought they are the best defense in the SEC East. Uh, quarterback position, they're more mature, they have a stable of running backs, solid wide receivers. Um, but they going up against Lane Kiffin, who is extremely
1: unpredictable. Choo, choo, in what you he know does. what that is David Two That's the Lane train. I'm on it, brother.
0: <laughs> Fourteen and a half is what the spread is on this one. That seems a lot for a, the fact that neither of these teams had a warm up. This is conference play. The fans will not be what they were. This is not the same. Um, I
1: don't
0: I I don't see these games being as broad as a lot of people have them in college football this
1: week. And, and you're talking about an Ole Miss team where, yeah, they've struggled to win the last couple of seasons, but Lane Kiffin's coming back to the SEC, and the one thing that you left him out of anything that you could have given him was a hell of a lot of talent on offense. And so when you do that um, and you give me two scores, which you're kind of seeing this spread – creep closer towards 13 and a half getting closer to 13 then we start to have a different discussion if you give me two touchdowns around 14 that's where I got it at Ole Miss plus 14 then you have to like it Uh, you're kind of relying on a little bit of the hype uh, Lane Kiffin to do some different things don't quite know what their situation is going to be at quarterback Um, they have three deep at running back that that are real players Mm -hmm. Um, so he has stuff to work with uh, and I, I think he'll be able to keep this one at home within 14 for sure.
0: Yeah, I think so too. Um, when, when Kiffin was, and I'm not, let's go all the way back to Tennessee. No, they didn't win a ton of games that one year, but they were very competitive with a team that had less offensive talent. I would think than, uh this Mississippi team now. So I just, I just feel in week one, nobody has seen what lane has to come up with. There's no film. You, you can go look at what he did at other places, But knowing Lane Kiffin, he's going to do something else. He has something else in his pocket for week one at the very least. Because for him, if you beat Florida week one, or if you make it a real game week one, you're sending a message. And all of a sudden that hype, like he's already naturally somebody that people gravitate to. You do this, it changes the whole
1: thing for him really fast. And and that's the battle here, too, right? I mean, typically, Florida, it's the defense. And here with Lane Kiffin, it's going to be what has he been able to put together with the talent on that offense. And you mentioned pretty much the only thing you can do is look back to other films, success other places. Well, if you do that with the film that you're going to look up from him at Florida Atlantic, which I'm familiar with, Southern Miss being in the same conference, and and you compare that to the talent that he has on his roster, then you're worried. And that's part of the reason why I like the 14 here.
0: (laughs) We move on to Tulane at Southern Miss. Like you say, you you cover Southern Southern Miss. You know them intimately. Um, They are – Tulane's giving three on this one. Tulane coming off an awful loss, up 24, lose at Navy on a last-second field goal, 27-24. Willie Fritz called it the worst loss of his career. Um, Tulane definitely doesn't have a quarterback, uh, and you know their quarterback well is also – but they have run the ball. That's been the hallmark of Willie Fritz's team, that they've run the ball. The defensive line still has worries from where they were two years ago. They have not played the same um, since really the Auburn game of last year. Tulane's got to get their defense in order, but I'd still make them the favorite to me in this game.
1: Yeah, definitely at three points. I mean, right here, every game that we go to, it's going to be about the number. And with Tulane at three points, you have to feel comfortable. You say what you want about Keon Howard. Yeah, I saw him at Southern Miss. We had those conversations there, the same conversations that are starting to creep over into the Tulane crowd now. Been there and done that. Also love the kid. Also know that the kid's a leader, for sure. When he steps into the room, people still listen. Um, I've seen him walk into games that are competitive, tie games up, come from behind, go into overtime, win football games. So he has that capability in him and have done those things before. And he's also going into a situation here at Southern Miss. Where could he be more comfortable other than at home, at Tulane, than a place that he's played before, won football games and had success, wants to beat the people that are gonna be standing across the field from him, or even on the defense on the other side, guys that he, he enjoys competing with, Um, and gets bragging rights out of that, that they get to take home not only um, for him personally, but also the fact that this is a robbery game, that this has recruiting implications, that we've already seen this rendition once in the postseason last year, and it was a little bit embarrassing for Southern Miss. Um, It's also a situation where pairing it back to back with the loss that Tulane is coming off of, like you said, Willie Fritz calling it one of the most embarrassing losses of his career, Um, You can't afford to let that happen again against Southern Miss based on the precedent that you've already set, based on the fact that you are the favorite, and based on the fact that this Southern Miss team is struggling and that you saw them give away a game to Louisiana Tech in a similar fashion that you did against Navy. But I think the difference is is that Southern Miss is dealing with a lot more turmoil in terms of what they've had to do um, with the coaching situation on top of just a little bit of a lack of depth on the defense where that's gonna be a, a really difficult um, for Southern Miss to make adjustments similar to what Navy did in that football game to come back, uh, just mm-hmm. simply because Southern Miss doesn't have the depth to do that on defense to stop the run game, um, that I think Fritz and is gonna rely on heavily in this one to, to win this football game. And I definitely think um, cover that three points.
0: And Navy is such a unique offense to have to go against. Southern Miss is gonna be much more traditional, something that you see on a regular basis. Um, To me, it it just feels like Tulane, what they're going to do, they may get some big plays out of the running game. They have very talented backs. uh, But I think Willie Fritz is going to want to slow this one down, uh, eliminate as many chances for error as he can, and uh, just try to grind Southern Miss down uh, and and, and win it in the fourth because that, that was the big problem. They could not sustain anything late against Navy.
1: And you're looking at Southern Miss's offense. You have a lot of experience there in Jack Abraham. Uh, youngest head coach in FBS and Scotty Walden, uh, interim head coach right now. But you look at their number one receiver, Tim Jones, dealing with an injury right now. Outside of that, pretty much inexperienced at the wide receiver position, not people with, with many touchdowns on their record. Then you look in the backfield. Um, really, your your true talent there right now is a freshman, <clears throat> excuse me, and Frank Gore Jr., um, which is crazy that his father's um, 37 Still playing. And his fifth <laughs> season – For my New York Jets, and uh, his son's now a freshman in in the college football ranks and uh, has some talent, man. He's averaging right at four yards per carry, um, has kind of all the intangibles that you look for. Um, He's kind of stood up, too, in a situation where he Mm could have said, um, you know, I signed to play for Jay Hobson. I came to this thinking one thing, and now this is a different situation. And you see that with these um, big-name players or talents, whether they're tied to um, you know, a professional within their family or whatever the case may be, um, but he he stayed and he said, you know, is the last thing you got to worry about for me. Um, he said everything about the transit transition to Scotty Walden has been smooth. Um, that is pretty much a relief to know that you're going to be able to come to practice and your coach is going to have more energy than you are. That he's going to bring that to practice and that's it's going to take that burden off of your shoulder as a young player. To bring that, now you just have to match it. So that's a good thing working in Southern Miss's favor here. But once again, it's really – and I don't even like picking these games. You know this, David. I'm not mm-hmm. going to bet on this game. My money's not on this game. I'm telling you what I prefer from a betting perspective. This is the one out of the ten that I won't play because I just don't. But whether it's the even the Pelicans, we cover that together. I don't do it. I'll right. give you my advice. I don't play it because I stand in front of these players. I don't have a, an invested interest in the wins or losses, let alone putting my money on it. But – three points. We're talking about a number in local teams that we cover. You have to love that right here from a betting perspective. Yeah, and
0: uh, I think the one thing is that if Tulane can get anything out of Keon, it's going to be, it's going to have to be off of play action. Their two best receivers have a combined total of eight catches. So Tulane just trying to move the ball down the field through the air just hasn't worked. So if they they establish that run and can get some play, play action opportunities for Keon, then you know, we'll see, but uh let's move on. This one, the one we were talking about, we spent a lot of time talking about this offline, Mississippi state and LSU. I don't like this line. Uh, my thought is that let's look at the loss. LSU loses talent every year. So you took that first wave, but in the last, since the pandemic and since the announcement that the season was coming back, you lose Jamar chase, your leading receiver from last year, you've already lost your second leading receiver from last year. Um, And Jamar Chase, of course, course, a Blitnikoff Award nominee um, as the best receiver in the country. So you've lost your top two receivers from last year. You lost your number one running back who is now doing outstanding things for the Kansas City Chiefs. And you've got a combined one start in your backfield, including your quarterback, Miles Brennan, who has never started an SEC game, let alone any game. This is not going to be Death Valley. You just lost another offensive lineman who says he's pulling out so he can get ready for the NFL draft on a line that already lost a couple of players. Your defensive line is a new line. You're rebuilding that as well. Solid at the linebacking spot. We know the corners are, are very good, but I don't see this margin where people think that LSU, with no warm-up, is going to blow out a Mike Leach team, even if the defense of, of, of the Bulldogs is bad. I just don't see if you've not covered anybody all summer long and this is the first team you have to play, this is not Utah State and Jordan Love last year. It's then Louisiana Tech, this is Mike Leach and the air raid, and it can cause problems, and he's done it everywhere he's been. At the very least, he's going to put up points.
1: Hey, and we're betting on one of his products tonight in that football game, Gardner Minshew, got him to where he's at Gardner Minshew was nowhere goes to Mike Leach lead you know the phone call that got Gardner Minshew to Washington State Gardner Minshew was going to go to Alabama to be a graduate assistant um, and start becoming a coach right he was essentially giving up Mm -hmm. Mike Leach calls him and say hey do you want to lead the nation in passing is that something you're interested in and the kid's like, of course. Like, yeah, right? That was literally the phone call. Like, I interviewed him. I wrote a story and won in the board for the story. And that was the phone call. Like, yes, I will hang up. You know, that's your job. Um, and then you look at the end of the season. Guess what? He did. He led the nation in passing. And he's top five in Heisman Trophy votes. Um, so win your money on him tonight. Um, but you're right. I didn't really look at it from that perspective. Either side you look at it, 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 especially from LSU's perspective, when you have to come out and you haven't covered anybody, and the first thing that you have to go up against is the mind of Mike Leach with an experienced – either either Mike Leach is going to have a very experienced quarterback transfer from Stanford or an extremely talented freshman playing, no matter what he decides. And he'll probably play them both. He'll probably yeah. play them both. And then you're looking at a running back extremely experienced and a talented and Kylan Hill. Then he has an Alabama transfer receiver um, that just came in. He has another Juco transfer. I think his name's uh, Malik Heath, but I've heard nothing but good things about. I actually just got a call about the kid this morning. Um, and so I think we're having a different conversation here in terms of looking at the number, because I don't think plus 17 is the conversation. I think we'll nope. feel fine with that. I, I think that that's pretty much a lock. And, you know, Maybe LSU surprises us. Maybe something comes out of the magic that they had last season, and these players sitting behind that really, really got something out of that process and the players that they sat behind, and this really molds into something forward, and we see something different uh, from what Ed Ogeron's been able to put together than just a one-off or what most people would probably expect nationally from what would come from LSU winning a national championship and kind of fading a little bit back into the pack. Uh, maybe we don't see that, but here's 17 points. I feel fine with that. With everything that Mississippi State has on the table, the question is for me: Do you want to take them on the money line? I think that's at like 5:30. The last time I checked, mm-hmm. um, that's a stretch. You might want to hedge it and take the 17 to feel safe, and put a smaller amount on the 5:30 to kind of you know take your. Then if you win both, you're you're in big. Um, but I think that's more the conversation. The 17 doesn't feel like an issue at all. I think doesn't feel right. You want to play that money line? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think LSU wins the
0: game, but again, putting this on Mike Leach, no one is less intimidated by going into other people's stadiums mm-hmm. than Mike Leach. He doesn't care. I don't like Mike Leach, you know, as a he prefers guy, me. but he loves being the jerk. So coming into LSU and off their their first game after a national championship He's licking his lips and and you know and just is excited that he gets to be the one to take them on first. That's his motivation to his team. That's what he's telling them in practice. We get to take on to say, the chance. That's
1: probably the speech, right? Like this isn't Death Valley, you know what I'm saying, where we would normally be playing and what I would normally have to prepare you for is not the case today. And so that that already gives you a step up when you mentally get to get over that hump at a place like LSU that's supposed to carry that stature. And you don't have to worry about that in, in the days that we're living in now. Um, that gives a guy like Mike, Mike Leach an upper hand that he normally wouldn't have, especially when you're talking about his first game um, here with Mississippi State and the SEC.
0: Absolutely. So we move on to Georgia at Arkansas. Arkansas is a terrible football team, but Georgia, <laughs> another one of these teams that has had a tremendous upheaval in the offseason. They thought they had a, a quarterback in Jamie Newman. He leaves and says he's going to go, you know, get ready for the NFL draft. So now you're starting a freshman. They, you know, lost a lot um, offensively from last year to this year. But they are still very talented in the backfield. I, I You know, Georgia always got to have running backs. Will Champs, very solid on defense. But, again, I'm just – I'm not convinced that Georgia, starting a freshman quarterback or a transfer quarterback, is going to be putting up the kind of points that makes a 53 um, as, a, as the over –
1: I I don't like it. Or 28 with the spread. I mean, I'm looking at both, and they're really suspect. I love the under here. Um, Kind of picked that out from the beginning when I was looking at these games. Um, Really, you go back Georgia's last nine games, they hit the under eight times. Um, The defense is pretty rock solid, so you kind of rely on that to negate the already pretty bad Arkansas team. And then their offense has its issues when you're looking at expecting them to cover 28 points or, like you say, get the over to 53. Um, They're working with an entirely new offensive scheme with Todd Monk and a guy I like a lot, and I think this will come together a lot quickly than a lot of the questions that you would see coming up that we're going to be talking about right now. Um, but like you said, there's inexperience at quarterback. Um, they've replaced four of their offensive linemen. Brand new scheme. Um, yeah, yeah. lost if, two guys to the you know, first couple rounds of the NFL draft you know, as far as linemen go. So. Right. So it, it looks like to me this is a game where I think Georgia should win pretty handily. But as far as 53-point total. Uh, unless unless you get something out of both teams here that you don't really expect, which is, you know, sometimes you're looking at games where, okay, I might get something out of this side that I don't – or that right here for 53. It's going to take something we don't expect from both sides for that to hit the over. And so that that's why you have to like your chances there with 53 and under.
0: Yeah, and we talked about this as well with Georgia playing Auburn the week after. I think Georgia pulls its starters once it gets a comfortable lead, takes the 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 gap, pedal off the uh, the foot off the gas. Um, this feels like a game that's kind of like a thirty-one to three kind of game. You know what I mean? Where you just get out of there. Well, when I want saw the-,
1: the twenty-eight spread, I'm thinking twenty-eight to nothing. You know, yeah. that was my first question in my head. Like, is that what you're thinking there? Um, so. I, I don't know. And I mean, fun, it, it, you're, you're cutting it close with what you said. That's why. You, that's why I didn't think about touching the spread at all. I, I just looked mm-hmm. focused right in on that total because I didn't see any way they'd get to that together.
0: We move on this one, another one. It feels just like I, Florida State. It is amazing. There are few programs that have had that have fallen this fast from being a champion to being an, a bottom feeder in a conference that when they joined. They won the championship the first 11 years they were there. Uh, Now they take on a rejuvenated Miami team. The turnover chain is back. They've they've got a little bit of swagger back in uh, Coral Gables. I think they run through the Seminoles.
1: I think it's an absolute blowout, especially with the way um, that King's been playing lately and the way that he's approaching this. Like right now, I I looked in one of his interviews leading up to this game. And this is like a resume stamp for him. I mean, he wants mm-hmm. to be able to stamp, okay, I beat Florida State. That's a different way of looking at things in terms of an athlete. He's not, that's not even X's and O's. That's looking at this like I have to have this for my legacy. And football play, that's something a fighter does. That's normally the people on the, in the fight game do that. So when you see someone mentally look at it that way, especially guy that, that last week he goes 18 to 30 for 325 yards and three touchdowns, and I think his rating was over 180. I mean, absolutely insane. And you're talking about the spread here against Florida State is 11 and a half points. He did that against Louisville last week and beat them by 13. And you're talking about a Florida State team last week. They played Georgia Tech, and that's a 16 to 13 loss, right? So – I I don't know how, you know, once again, maybe there's a little switch up and you get something different because normally, you know, when you let into this one and you were like, this is another one, I kind of had deja vu from the first show we did. And we didn't have great success. And all of those games kind of felt like, oh, this is a give me, and it didn't turn out that way. So fade them if you want. But we didn't
0: have anything then. Right. we didn't have any sample to see. And I think what we're being – here we've been more cautious this week, I think, overall – And, but in this case, I don't see how anyone looking at what Florida state has done and already the noise around that program after one week where people were starting to call back for Willie Taggart, who, you know what I mean? Like that shows me, and I would imagine after Florida state's off season where the coach got called out by his players, that locker room is going to fracture really easily in my opinion. And if they don't, play well against Miami early if it feels like they're getting asses stomped a little bit early I think they quit I think they quit and and that's the thing that not on each other I think they quit on the coach
1: yeah my thing with with the number two like I said it all boils down to that 11 and a half if this was closer to 13 approaching two touchdowns maybe I hesitate a little bit but this was this was another one closer to a lock at eleven and a half points. If they were able to do that and cover that against a team like Louisville, and then you consider all the things that you just said about Florida State, um there's no way that you shouldn't have confidence in, in them being able to do um eleven and a half this week. And they're at home, right? Yes. So
0: they're at home. And yeah, so yeah. Uh, I just don't see it. And then we go to the NFL Sunday. Um we are very familiar with the Las Vegas Raiders now. <laughs> um they are better than we thought. They are more physical than we thought. Even with their uh, – some missing depth on the offensive and defensive lines last uh, – on Monday night against the Saints, they were dominant physically. Josh Jacobs running with anger. Uh, he only had 88 yards, but it felt like more because of the way that he ran. Um, so I like the, what the Vegas – I mean, yeah, what Vegas is doing. The Patriots, Cam Newton looked phenomenal last week as far as throwing the ball – Wes Welker, I mean, not Wes Welker, I'm saying it was, um, why did I say Wes, That's Wes Welker? That's what it's like, right? They're Wes all the Welker? same. They're all like the same guy. But You're it's like, about Renfro? Um, no, 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 no. For uh, New England, the, your boy, not Welker, what was it? Uh, not Edelman? Go- Edelman. Which Edelman finally them? going downfield. Edelman had the game of his life last week. He never went downfield like that with Tom Brady. You, you, so the explosiveness in New England is really interesting in this. Um, They put up 30 points last week against Seattle. Vegas puts up 30 against the Saints. The over is 47.5. I like the over.
1: Yeah, 47.5 was too low. Um, Like you said, when you look at a Las Vegas team that's averaging 34, uh, scored 34 in both of these first two games, and then they're giving up 27 a game and then a New England team um, that I don't remember what they they scored 20-something against the Dolphins week Mm -hmm. one, um, and then 30 last week against Seattle, a game they probably should have won. Um, So I I don't know how to play the spread here in terms of New England being minus five just because I still don't have my grip on the Las Vegas uh, Raiders just yet in terms of whether or not they can pull out a game like this against New England because New England's still figuring a lot out. And mm-hmm. uh, the way that Bill Belichick coaches, um, that game plan changes week by week. So it's not really a matter of rhythm. It's a matter of matchup more so than anything. I mean, yes, rhythm comes in terms of just players getting the game under their feet and learning how to operate within the system. But here it's more of a matchup thing, which is why I don't love, you know, a five point spread. But in terms of forty-seven and a half, where you expect, you know, both teams have been on a roll lately where they're, you know, over 30 points you'd like 48, you know, you look at this as a, as a, what, a 28 to 24 type of game, maybe. Yeah. I, think, so I I wouldn't play with the number too much. I wouldn't play. This isn't one where I'm like, it's a lock. This is way too low. I wouldn't play with 48 too much, but I think they're enough to, you know, if you're looking at what, 24, 24, I think they get past that in, together.
0: All right. We move on to San Francisco who will not be starting, starting Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, and then you have the Giants on offense missing their own pieces, Uh, a rookie quarterback – I mean, a rookie coach going up against a very experienced play caller in Kyle Shanahan, maybe, if not, you know, in that top two or three of innovative offensive minds right now in the NFL, and a Giants defense that's – Suspect. Yeah. So San Francisco giving up four – I understand it with the offense and they do have some injuries on defense as well. This is a shorthanded San Francisco defense. Um I think it is a close game. Closer than we think, but I don't know if four is close enough.
1: Yeah, I understood the four points when I saw it. I immediately wanted to take it. I immediately did take it. Um but I understood it. Um at the same time, I think Nick Mullen spits in the face of four points this weekend. Because um, this is a guy that we've seen do this before. We've seen be in this position. It'd be different if you had nothing to look back on and you're just kind of taking a vote of confidence in what you know from the Giants and have seen. But we've seen Jimmy G go down with a significant injury, and Nick Mullins know that he has to take over and lead this team and has done so immediately. Now you're simply just asking him to do something he's, he's been waiting there to do ever since since he lost that moment, got to watch a team go to the Super Bowl, see that he could have the same capability to do so with that talent around him.
0: He couldn't do any worse than Garoppolo did in the Super playoffs. And would
1: be even more motivated to do so his second time around, getting that opportunity. And especially when you throw him in here his first game, being able to do that against the Giants team, where you don't have to worry about them lighting up the scoreboard. It's just about you and what you can accomplish on offense because you know that if you do what you're supposed to do, they're probably not going to be able to keep up with you because outside of Saquon Barkley, how, how much sizzle do they have to work with? How much And they don't they have Saquon. Saquon. And they right. don't have Saquon. So, um, so i was tempted to even touch the 42 here even with some of the concerns that i think this might be like you said a closer game a more competitive game we kind of saw the way that san francisco played out last week against the jets where they had all of these injuries and had to deal with all this still put up 31 points the jets kind of there at 17 um so i was tempted with the 42 i probably still stay away with it but i get the 42 seems like a lot that seems like a lot in this game.
0: really I, I, I don't I, think I feel, the Giants – I mean, how much do you think the Giants can put up? I think Daniel Jones throws at least one pick. I think he throws at least one pick, and I don't know how many times – like, I just
1: – uh, But Giants I'm saying, are, yeah. I, I think the Giants can score with between, you know, 21 and 30. So they do – Really? Have- yeah, so how how much are did I just say the Giants? Yeah, you said the Giants. I'm in score 21 so to 30. Let's, That's let's what I'm like Turn where that. is? Let's, Yeah. Let's switch that back around. I am in the, the, the 49ers. So if you're looking at, you know, I'm, I would go a little higher than that. i would say 24 to 30. I'm still expecting okay. out of the 49ers. So if you do that, then 24 you're trying to get to 42 then 17. I don't know what that adds up to. That's pretty close to 42, a 24 to 17 type of That's game. That's 41. Yeah, so so that's why I said I was tempted. See, we're doing the math off the top of the head so I can, you know, honesty, transparency here. That's why I was tempted, but I probably still stay away with that. I don't think it's too much. I think it's something to think about, but the four points. It's
0: I, it's so I like. iffy though. And that's like walking a tightrope with that 42. This Is too
1: much of a throwaway to begin with? So if you're going to even consider the four points, then don't do both. Don't don't invest don't invest that much money in this football game, please. <laughs>
0: Two more to go. Seattle um, hosting the Cowboys. Um, Seattle. We talked about this. Russell Wilson. Right now, if, if I was calling it, he's the MVP of the NFL over the first two weeks. Um, it would be between him and Aaron Rodgers, most likely. But the caliber of opponents that Russell Wilson has beaten is, is higher than what Rodgers has done. He, he's in. He's in the most. He's in that mode where it's just whatever he does is going to work. A five-point game at home for Seattle just seems
1: wrong. First of all, I don't know what alternate universe I've been living in where people still want to waste their money on the Cowboys. I'm cool with it. At the same time, the, the Russell Wilson conversation. How many quarterbacks, David, do you believe you strap them on a lie detector test and you ask them, do you truly believe that you're the best quarterback on this planet? Could say, yes, I believe that. Because I think the only Holmes Mahomes and
0: Wilson will be the only ones who say it.
1: I think he's the only one that you could strap to that test and can say, yes, I am the best and I know that and would not be lying. You know what I mean? Rodgers has- might say it. Rodgers might pass because he, he's that kind That's of a, guy. That would be another... And I think the only quarterback that would have a fair claim to it. And not that not that I discredit Rodgers because this next pick, guess what? My money's about to be on him too. So no discredit to that man either. That's a, that Stephen A would say, a bad man. But you're talking about Russell Wilson and other like I said other than that a fair claim today in the league to being able to say I'm the best Patrick Mahomes and that's purely off of him knowing his talent his age defending Super Bowl champion and MVP I don't you know Lamar Jackson would be another one but I'm not sure he's not strapped him to the Mm -hmm. test and he has to say it in front of Russell Wilson and Patrick Mahomes would he believe it while he's having to look I don't know so I you know when you're talking about Russell Wilson being that person you're giving me five points at home well and I have to add it like a like a three-pronged list every time I say it with that coach Pete Carroll and that defense that's going to get better hasn't been great going to get better with you know Jamal Adams a play once again I love wish he still played for that team um but after after what you just saw from Dallas last week, a football game that I don't care what the score said, you lost that football game. The only reason you won it is is because a kicker won it for you. you and
0: essentially because Julio Jones dropped the easiest touchdown that, no,
1: pass that in his that career. Kicker, too that pulled off the most magnificent onside kick that I've ever witnessed in my life. It just stood there
0: and spun. Atlanta, you, all they had to do was fall on it. All you, Atlanta had to do was fall. You could
1: argue, you know, like situationally, and there have been bigger games, but that, the way that that kicker kicked that side of the ball, let it spin on the ground, curved 10 yards the moment it passed it recovery i've never seen anything well, the, like that the
0: dallas cowboys did a fantastic job of boxing out they played basketball but, but they boxed the out the they falcons and the falcons game. let them do it. yeah oh yeah they shouldn't have won i mean it shouldn't even been close because that julio jones drop i'm sorry russell gage put that ball right in his hands
1: right in but his that, hands that happens right dropped. the player it's, you have those those plays happen and you write those off. Like, ultimately, that wasn't the reason they lost. You know what I'm saying? That that football game was lost. Oh, today. well, I
0: mean, when you have a 19-point lead and you blow it, there are a lot of reasons you lose. Right. Uh, uh, which also
1: would have been – the coach would have been fired for walking the team, off man. the field. And that's no it, – it, it's just the optics. It's, it's, uh, it's also a PR thing. It's not just fo- football. It's also that this – You have a history of this and a very ironic, a very notorious, infamous history of this on the biggest And when you're
0: the first team in the history of the NFL to do something and it's bad,
1: when no team in history
0: had ever lost the
1: game. It would have been no disrespect. I would have shook his hand and said, I'm sorry, but you know, you understand.
0: Oh, he would have got the (laughs) Kiffin Tarmac. That you know, like you said, not even he doesn't even get to the team plane. It's like, dude, we're gonna have to get you a separate flight.
1: Already, it's, a, south- it's, book. it's okay don't worry about it it's okay yeah
0: you're getting on southwest we're gonna, we're gonna take the team plane we're gonna put you on southwest so you can socially distance bring a sandwich make sure you check in 24 hours <laughs> before everything so t- s-
1: don't worry about
0: it we got you in zone a we got you in
1: zone a you're good uh, but <laughs> i mean and this is also more of a of a statement about the cowboys than anything the fact that they still they, they really lost that football game no matter what the outcome was should be zero and two right and there should be no one considering putting their money on whether they win this game whether they cover cover this spread or not you shouldn't be putting your money on them if you're putting your money on anybody it should be seattle minus five a, a team that's already two and oh against the spread and i told you guys when we did this first show um that Normally the 49ers and Seattle are the two teams that I like to roll with when I can. I haven't been on the 49ers every week because they're dealing with some different things. But Seattle was number one. I told – what did I call it the first way? I think I called it my Bible verse. You yep. give me the right number with Seattle and the list every time. You call time. with them every Wilson, time. that coach, that defense, it's a Bible verse. You take them. So, so I'm still here, 3-0. Oh. All
0: right, we end with one that in my mind – and, and this is interesting, so for folks uh, who don't know, I talked, I was on a conference call with the NFL um, crew from ESPN, Mina Kimes and Dan Orlovsky, and we talked about this game. Um, they both feel, you know, obviously the Green Bay is the favorite in this one. Uh, their concern no. is that, yeah, Green Bay plus three. Favorite. Uh-uh. Are you sure? what you I look at, it? It? oh, maybe
1: I looked at the wrong thing. I'm sorry. Better, New three what is, I've looked at I, the Green Bay damn well should be the favorite, but what I looked at was the Saints are uh, a field goal favorite in this the one. Saints the O'Rogers at 52-and-a-half. The Saints are
0: giving – oh, now it's down to two-and-a-half for the Saints now. So, But that's yeah, still –
1: that's yeah, why. Awesome. Why are
0: they giving two-and-a-half to the – I understand uh, it's a home game was, and you give and, three. Is Green Bay, at
1: but home? who's at home? No, this is
0: in New Orleans. So you give so three that's, to the that's Saints, home but
1: advantage. you get home field, even, even despite. But, the but situation, do you feel you like
0: this clean. was a toss-up? Otherwise, that's this doesn't feel like you. a toss-up to me for a Green Bay team. Yeah, hasn't been challenged, but I would say the first two weeks, Green Bay clearly put up forty points both weeks. Their offense has been great on every level. Receivers, runners, and Rogers playing fantastic. This will be the their first kind of test, but are you? I mean, but you're playing the Saints without Mike Thomas again. There are questions about Drew Brees. There's questions about the offensive line. There are questions about the secondary. I, I three points at home, and it's not a real Saints home game. Again, you're not to the choir, going. To, brother.
1: You're so I, it just to the choir. feels like you take Green Bay heavy on this one. If they're giving you two and a half, take it, take it, take it. I got it plus three. Why not? I mean, to me, it came down to one: the number. I mean, it was just simply the number. Two: what quarterback do I trust more in this position? Because I think this is a game more so than anything where that really matters against two guys of this caliber. And I'm, you know, maybe you can answer this question before I kind of get into the stats. When's the last time Drews looked this bad to start a season? I th- I say 2012. To start? Yeah, that was bad. That was
0: a bad start to the season. But the thing this year, something like this in eight years. And but the thing this year is you don't have Mike Thomas to bail him out. And And and, ESPN put
1: this one out. They said he's averaging 4.82 air yards on his passes through these first two games, and that's the worst we've ever seen from him with the Saints. And that's the worst we've seen from any quarterback since Brett Favre in 2009. So I still think it's a little early, obviously, to write him off. This isn't the time for that. We've seen the Saints over and over again start the season this type of way and pull something out of it. And they have everything on the roster and on the coaching staff that they need to be able to do that. And I think everyone knows that. No one's going to argue that. But it's Aaron Rodgers as a three-point underdog as we talk about gambling advice. And they're 2-0 against the spread. He dropped 42 points last week on your line. Sorry about that. And he threw for 240 yards, two touchdowns. Not to mention the Saints defense hasn't looked great. They have all the talent they need, but they haven't looked great. And you're talking about a Packers team that probably has a top-10 pass rush and a top-10 secondary. So three-point underdogs, I, I would have taken them as a three-point favorite. I will definitely take them as a three-point underdog. Anything outside of that? you know, other than giving me more points on the underdog side, I probably wouldn't have taken, but yeah, within that range, of course, plus three all day.
0: Now let's think about that Saints offensive line. Nick Easton didn't look great. Andrews Pete didn't look great. And he got hurt again. So it's just a consistent thing with him. Cesar Ruiz didn't even get much action at all. So that line is still a question, um, which means that, and we know a collapsed pocket is the worst thing for Breeze. He does not like it when he, when he feels that pressure, up the middle that's and, he and hates people the still
1: sleep on the Packers defense people still mm-hmm. just because it's been the narrative for so long with the Packers and Aaron Rodgers but they've had back. some solid defenses the last few years not bad defenses at all but you know how that goes they it's 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 kind of like the AD joke that used to be there for that whole time AD needs help when when are we going to get AD more help that's the same thing with Aaron Rodgers is not every it doesn't matter what you give him it's he needs more help um and that's that's just, when you look at this from a betting perspective, not quite the case when you look at a vulnerable team in New Orleans, um, where once again, the the advantage, you know, necessarily home field doesn't mean as much, but you're talking about mentally a guy where you, if you look at the things that Aaron Rodgers has been saying lately, that's part of the reason when we just had that conversation earlier, you brought him up. Because you hear the way that he talks with the confidence that probably, honestly, most of what I've heard out of him is basically said when you read between the lines. Jordan, or yeah, Jordan Love, pissed me off, right? You know, what I mean, what what you expected? I all this, I found a, a new love for the game, and no, you found a new love for keeping your job and knowing, you know, yeah. finding the confidence in yourself that I'm that dude. I'm still that guy. I'm gonna play till 40, and he yeah. has to take it from me. Whether they drafted him. To take the spot or not, he has to take it from me. So when, when you're betting on these guys that are kind of fighting more with themselves than they really are, the defense that are from them, those are the people that I'm going to bet on more so than than. especially when everything lines up with the, the vulnerability, the number, uh, that type of confidence, then, then it's just a, a one side of the bet that you have to go with.
0: And especially if Green Bay can get the Saints to abandon the run early because they chose to do it last against the Raiders. They, will. they chose to give up the run in the second quarter. You're up double digits, and they abandon the run the second quarter. If you do that against Green Bay, and you give Aaron Rodgers more opportunities on the field, it just feels like a recipe for disaster. I, I'm like you; I don't think the Saints are washed at this point, but I think this is a going to be a rough start. I think that this is very much a team that, right now, looking at the schedule, I think they get off to a two and three start. They bounce back. Who do they have next up. They got Detroit next at Detroit. They'll beat Detroit. I think that might be Matt Patricia's last game because he's going to lose this weekend for sure. You
1: might look at a favorable spread there next week, depending on if, say, Green Bay takes this game, takes it handily. You might be going into a a week um, with the Saints kind of down on their luck where you you get a favorable spread against the Lions that you might want to look at. I I don't know. We'll see what it
0: looks like. Yeah, we'll see what it looks like next week. Um, That's our picks. Uh, You want to run through them again,
1: give uh, just a quick summary? Yeah, so first of all, tonight, obviously – Jacksonville minus three against the uh, Dolphins right at home. Then we had Old Miss college football plus 14 against Florida. We had Tulane minus three against Southern Miss. Mississippi State plus 17 against LSU. And I think the money line, if you want to consider that one, on Mississippi State there was plus 530. I'm still going to think on that going into the weekend. I'm not, not sure yet, but, man, that's probably the most tempting one of, of all of these. Um, then Arkansas, Georgia, the under-53 – Miami, Florida State, like, as I'm scrolling through this, I've scrolled back up to that Mississippi State game twice. It's like magnet. It's
0: like a magnet making you look over and over again.
1: Right, because that's just, like I said, if you're going to bet the 17, and i probably put a decent bet on that, then if you're looking at plus 530, then you're just kind of hedging the bet and saying, hey, if I'm going to win that, then, you know, I'm pretty confident they keep it within 17. Why not take the profit, too, if some, you know, some way they win that football game, which, you know, 17 just feels disrespectful. Um, Miami and Florida State, where we have Miami, minus 11.5 there. Uh, Once again, preface that if you don't take these picks until Saturday or Sunday, you know what I mean, you you go into this tomorrow or after whenever we record, then this is going to change, especially the closer we get to kickoff. Um, But then going into the NFL, we had the over 47.5, New England and Las Vegas. San Francisco, minus four against the Giants. Seattle, minus five against – they don't even deserve to be spoken about right now. And then Green Bay plus three against New Orleans. Those are the picks this week.
0: All right, man. Uh, So, folks, check out the Get Rich podcast. Follow him at RichieTMR. Um, And we are about – hey, I just loaded up your logo onto our TakeOver Media site. We're going to start transferring your stuff over there. I'll send that stuff
1: over to you later today.
0: Yeah, so uh, for those who don't know, Trevor is being fully integrated into the family. He's going to be fully integrated to the hard to pay family. And so we're going to have a space for him as well. So you can keep track of everything that he does. He writes, he uh, pods. So we're going to keep track of that. And um, thank you all so much for checking in. This will be um, up on his page. This will be up. We'll have it recorded and everything else. So um, you'll still be able to come back and check it out before the games are played. Trevor, you won't close with anything.
1: Man, um uh, I'm hoping I do a lot better than uh one nine this week. I don't think you could do much worse. But the good thing is is that we're still we're still ahead. We're still above five hundred in terms of since I've started the show. Um and like I said, I had a little deja vu. It felt like the first week they all felt like give me's and they weren't. Um but I, I also texted you that weekend and said, God, I just hope I lose the rest of these. Like I yeah. I legit, gonna be bad the so did I, did we really lose nine? I mean, that's the question. Did I really – because by the time I lost about four, I was really rooting for the other pick. So I didn't – you know, even though my money was one place, my interest was another because I already knew all – I texted you and I think it was the Rams. Yep. Yep. I think Who's I doing bet right? on the yep. Cowboys and I said, put your house on the Rams tonight and you'll be rich, and you just liked it. So um, hopefully that's not the case. If it is, fade the picks and get rich. You know, it's one way or the other. I don't care how you do it, um, but I'm hoping we have a much better week this week.
0: Me too. Me too. Like I said, straight up, I was fine, but, uh, you know, it's a lot easier to do that. It's a lot easier. Saints in Minnesota screwed me
1: last week. (laughs) The Redskins, from the first show, the Redskins, never again never again preface preface the washington football team net it's and it's not about the redskins never take a the bat. washington
0: football team
1: oh whatever whatever <laughs> ne- never I- i'm an indians fan so it's so hard i just go with the like it's just the normal kind we got to bring you into 2020 we got to get you it's hard i got to be peace just call them washington plus, you, just you forget, say washington. i've been on the red solo cup during the show right. so um but, no, it's about the Eagles. Never again will I bet on them. If I do bet on them, stop me. If you can't stop me, don't listen to me. The Eagles will never be Wentz. bet on on this show again. I
0: don't yeah, know before. if Carson Wentz can walk down the streets in Philly right now. Somebody's going to bust his Hurts kneecaps.
1: Is, hey, it's his job soon.
0: Soon. I think, yeah, you're right. Sooner rather than later. And I think Chris Peterson's in a lot of trouble, too. Yep. Who do you, let, let, Just random before we get out. If you were betting, who's the first coach to get fired this year? I'm saying Matt Patricia, because I have the looking at the new owner, Mrs. Ford. She is very serious. That woman is very serious. You think Gase
1: gets fired first? Hey, if I if, if I can speak it into existence,
0: I think you could. We can have like three coaches or four coaches we can fired both do before this. the this end of the like season. This is
1: like intervention. This is like therapy right now. Let's just speak yeah. it into existence. Matt is going to get fired. Adam Gase is going to get fired. And we're both going to hire Bill Belichick. He's going to fly back and forth. <laughs> and we're, we're going to be all right.
0: I don't want any more Patriots people in Detroit.
1: <laughs> We've had and enough. I, I will hug him. With a, he's beat me every year, two times a year. And I open arms, brother. Y'all I'm still home. got
0: buyer's remorse because he walked out on you after He'll 24 never hours.
1: We'll never come back. <laughs> <laughs> we'll Not never as long come as
0: Woody. Back. Not Woody Johnson as the owner ain't coming over
1: there. It yeah, would me, and that, that's a whole different conversation to me. That you know, and I love. I don't. I'm not that person. I don't like for teams that I root for, or I cover, or mm-hmm. calling for people's jobs. is not my thing. But if you're talking about the New York Jets, where New York being a place where you can do this and deserve to do this, whether it's the Knicks, whether it's the Giants, whether it's the Jets, um, but Woody Johnson and Adam Gates right now are a little bit of an issue. You can't be the coach that gets your ass whooped. And then you come out after the game and say, it's not really fun to get our asses whooped. Well, you know what? That's your job to fix that. It's not to, you know, you don't cry about that to the media. And And when he says we just have to execute. Right. We just have to execute. That's your job is to execute. It's more than execution at this point. The fact that that was the quote that I had to get an alert on my phone that said, Adam Gase, colon it's not fun to just go out there and get your ass looked. Well, you don't have to tell me, brother. I just I just watched 60 minutes, you know what I mean? I just watched the whole And you game. lost
0: money on them dudes. So yeah. Subscribe. Man, all right, I love doing this with you. I can't wait till next week when we do it again. Of course, we're going to talk offline and um like I said, y'all be on the lookout and of course go to the HITP shop. There's still some get rich gear up there. Check it out. It's cool stuff, man. So Yes, sir. On behalf of my man, Trevor Ritchie. I am David Grubb, and we'll talk to y'all soon. Thanks for listening.